This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online and in the silk screening business. You know, as you know, I've gone back to work for uh, a silk screening shop that's in downtown Minneapolis. It's called Cold Side. It's been there since, well, I don't know, since the 1976. Uh, and uh, I've uh, gone back to work in the office doing customer service stuff and, and, and that sort of thing. And uh, you will get. Uh, we will get on occasion. We'll get um, some uh, supplied garment jobs, which means uh, the customer has shirts or whatever we, you know, or sweatshirts or some, whatever garment they want to print, and they will bring those in. And we have a you know, way of pricing out how we charge for those and that sort of thing. Uh, and it seems like, and again, this is a perception thing. This is not, I don't have empirical evidence of this, but it seems like a, something is going to go wrong uh, on the job if it's a supplied garment job at a greater rate than it would be would happen if we were supplying the shirts. It seems that way. Most of the jobs we do, we supply the garments. But on occasion, people come in with their own uh, shirts to print and this is the case with this one particular customer who can be a little oh difficult's not the right word but yeah there's they, they can be a bit um, um, specific about what they want <laughs> uh, which is you know everybody's specific about what they want you, well actually the ones that aren't specific about that can be tough you got to pull them along and say okay do you want to do what what do you what do you want in the garment I had a customer not a customer I had a person come in and took 45 minutes of my day going on and on about doing uh, some designs they had this great idea for a run of shirts that they wanted to do that would uh, be a you know an anti-pedophile th- message and I thought okay yes we're all anti-pedophile spent 45 minutes with this person and I knew I was never gonna see them again I knew all they were was just uh, just wasting my time. They they had this grand idea, but not quite any specifics, and was going round and round about what they wanted to do. And I said, you know what you should do? You should do a sketch of the idea of what you're looking at. That'll give us something to start with. And eventually, the person left, and as I as I had predicted to myself at the time, never has come back since. Coincidentally, that person coming in and taking my time led to a screw-up of a supplied garment job for the same customer, which I'm going to talk about 
in this in, in this little opening thing that I'm doing here. It's just it's a coincidence. The printer came in with a first print approval, and I got confused about where that print should be on the shirt because it was one of those shirts that had you know there's a front print but then there's a print on the lower right side on the front and there's a print on the lower right side on the back and there's a print on the sleeve and there's a print over you know it's it's one of those and i directed the printer to put it on the wrong part of the shirt and then we had to fix that up luckily the printer didn't print a whole slew of them but part of it's on me it was my goof I can't, I'm not blaming this, this, this person that came in to waste my time, but they are at least a factor. They caused a distraction where I wasn't able to fully commit my attention to uh, what the printer was doing. And that can happen when you're busy and you, you look and say, oh yeah, that looks good, okay, fine. But I have to remember, and this is some lesson that I took from this round, same customer, from this round, when they came in with, uh, you know, 210 shirts, they wanted a four-color print on the front and a four-color print on the back. Right? And we had to wrangle around with the artwork a little bit. And, and we actually, they first started with a five-color print front and back. And we, we, we told them, well, one of those colors really isn't doing anything. You, you know, if you want to save some money, lop out that color. And they thought about it and they said, okay, yeah, let's take that one out. So, okay. Uh, I do all the, you know, doing all the prep work for it, uh, writing all the information on the on the write-up that we like, send through with the job, so the printer has the instructions that what they're supposed to do. And um, I, you know, we went went through a round of, uh, well, we want to mix this, these specific colors: an orange, a purple, and a yellow. We want to mix these specific colors. So we have round and round on what colors you want us to mix. Here's what we can you know, do. You know, there's a, there's a, the Pantone matching system. These little booklets that they come out with, with all these little swatch colors in them, with numbers on them. Uh, you know, pick one of these, and our system, we should be able to mix it up and match the color. You know, all that kind of stuff. So we went through round and round. We, we got that. We did a, a mock-up on a, on a shirt where we print out on paper the artwork and then we just place it on the shirt to show placement and sizing to get that figured out so we went through all that and everything's being approved all the way along and we've you know nailed down the ink colors everything's going the printer gets to work on it gets, comes into the office with the first print approval shows it to me and I didn't ask to see the paperwork and I should have so he shows it to me it looks right that the ink colors look right the placements right I said, okay, let's, you know, let her rip. So he gets working on them. And he's doing a lot of them. I mean, he's, he's only got, he's got like less, less than, less than, I don't know, 40 to complete the front prints on the shirts. Less than 40 to go of 210 shirts, something like that. And I got an email from the customer saying, uh, when were we going to see the first print? Oh, shit. That's right. We were supposed to do a first print approval on this, weren't we? I was supposed to send a photo. I went and looked at the paperwork. Right there, listed right there. First print approval was checked with the, with the words, send photo. On me, my fault. Not the printer's fault, not anybody else's fault. It was my fault. I should have said, show me the write-up. He would have shown me the write-up. And I would say, oh, i got to take a picture of that send it off to them. And if they... You know, had a problem with it, with the colors or the placement or the size or something like that. 
we would have killed one of their shirts. We'd be able to order in one to replace it. But we wouldn't have killed nearly all of the 210. So he, <coughs> so I, so I, I took the picture, put it on one of our, we got a little mannequin figure that we can put shirts on. It's headless. It's just the chest, pretty much. The upper torso. No arms. Anyways, we put that on the, take the picture of the art uh, uh, with the print, you know, on the shirt. Send that to the customer. Customer calls me. Yeah, you know, that orange, the purple, yeah, the colors aren't quite what we were thinking that they should be. And I, oh, shit. And I had the level with her. I said, uh, sorry to hear that, but we've already printed almost all of them. With the front print. Oh, well, you know, would you be, you know, we'd have to fix this. We'd have to, you know, you guys would have to get new shirts. And, you know, would you, how would we go about doing that? Because, you know, we really want to get the colors fixed. And I say, well, let me talk to the office manager. Um, we'll get back to you. Uh, find out what's going on. What we, what we need to do. Uh, John, the office manager, was sitting behind me. And I got off the phone, and I, I, I think I laid my head on the table, <laughs> on, the, on the desktop, I should say. <sighs> and I paused, and I looked over him, and I told him what happened. I said, it's my fault. I'm sorry. He says, don't worry about that. I said, uh, so we said, well, well, you know what you should do. Uh, call her back and see if it's possible that they can come down and look at a shirt in person. See the colors. Because sometimes, you know, the photograph doesn't really capture it right and, and all that. So they said, yeah, we can come now. We'll be there in 15 minutes because they're very close, apparently. So they came in. It was the woman that uh, was uh, coordinating the job with me and the designer who had worked on it. The two of them came in, and they both looked at it, and they were saying, oh, you know, actually, the purple color is okay, but, you know, this orange and this, you know, and we said, you know we're showing them the PMS, uh, the, the book with the PMS uh, color matching stuff. We're showing them, like, these are the numbers you picked. These, I mean, we if we really wanted to press, we could say, you know, wow. You know, you picked these colors. These are the colors you told us to match. We did. But there was the first print approval. Didn't do it. So the, the office manager and I were taking a read on these people. Because before they came over, I'm saying, you know, they're really thinking about this too much. I mean, these aren't corporation colors, you know, where you have to do a specific color. You know, it's like, you know, like 3M and all their printing has a specific color that is used. It's not that, you know, it's, it, this is just, this is for some event, uh, and I won't go into the, the particulars of the event, but this is for something, you know, people are going to be gathering and they're going to give out these shirts or sell them or whatever. And it, it, the people that are getting the shirts aren't going to say, you know, that orange isn't quite the, I don't, it, I think it would look better if it was a little brighter or a little faded, more pastel maybe. I don't know. They're not going to do that. <laughs> they're not going to care. We had another customer who does artwork, <clears throat> hand draws it out. The logo and, and, and animal drawings and that. He hand draws it out. It's very ornate. It's very complex. We have to really pay attention when we're doing color separations to make sure we get it right. But we also have to do a lot of cleanup on it because you know the way he, he gives us the art is very, um, uh, it's very loose and we, you know, it's not very dark. It's not very camera ready. So we have to make it camera ready and it's, it's a little bit of a task, but we get it done. 
and he he looks at the, the he had a bottom line of text on it where the first three letters the, t the first letter it's a five letter word and the first letter is a little higher than the next two letters which seem to dip down just a little, the bottoms of them just dip down just a little bit and they come back up for the last two letters of the of the word and then there's another word uh, after that which he says it seems like the level isn't quite right it seems like it's you know and, I, and at some point you know we're going through this and he's a guy that takes a long time to make a decision and I said to him you know you print these out I mean it fits with what you've done for the rest of it it might look a little like a little droop there but I said if you don't say anything to anybody at your event no one will notice they're just not they're just not going to notice now there are some customers that you can you can talk that way to that you can uh, advise that way because they're longtime customers with them you know them pretty well and you you, you can be a little more frank or uh, and maybe even I was being a little subtle well I was being pretty frank <laughs> to say nobody's gonna notice you don't point it out no one will notice and when he came to uh, finish you know he came to do uh, he picked up the shirts and uh, he and his uh, his woman friend they come in and, and they're looking at him and she's just oh these are great and he's that these look great but ah yeah I still look at that and I and then he says but you said to me if I don't say anything no one will notice I said well that's right and so and she said yeah this is fine this is great this is people will like it and they did people loved it they bought it nobody said anything about it he came back to pay and he said nobody said anything nobody noticed I didn't say anything nobody noticed so with these people. The idea to say, you know, you're overthinking this. We abandoned that. I talked about it with them, with the office manager before they came over, and we abandoned that idea because just weren't getting that kind of eye from them from when they were there with us. So, so what we did was just said, well, looks like we're gonna have to order in these shirts. We'll come up with a different billing, whatever for it, uh, and then you know we'll we'll pay for the shirts, and then what we'll do with these, we don't know, but okay. So they, they're happy, and they go off on their way. We picked different colors. Okay, these are the colors. I'll say, these are the colors you want. These are the colors we're going to do. And, uh, well, of course, we'll do a first print approval so you can make sure. And so we ordered in the shirts, and they placed the order so they were going to be on their way as quick as possible. And, uh, and, and as you know, uh, we have this dog, Edna. Which is why I do the show from here in the basement of Nostalgia Zone, which is a comic book store in Minneapolis. I work for NostalgiaZone.com. If you're into comic books, Silver Age, modern, uh, Bronze Age, Modern Age, if you're into back issues and that kind of stuff, uh, check out our website. Become a member of our membership. You'll save 10%. You'll earn points toward future purchases. Uh, just check it out. Anyway, there's my ad. Uh, anyway, so Edna <clears throat> comes to work with us. That's our dog. She comes to work with us, and... Um, I have to, I walk her a couple of times a day. So I after these customers left, I said, okay, I, I'm going to go walk the dog because, oops, oops, I hit my computer. Sorry about that. I'm going to go walk the dog and clear my head. So do that. I come back, uh, you know, after 20 minutes walking the dog. I tell you, she will walk sometimes. It's like she wants to go over here. She wants to go over there. She wants to go inside. I have to say, okay, okay, I got to get back to work. Uh, anyway, uh, I get back in to the, uh, into the shop, and I'm talking to a couple of the printers, and the office manager comes out of the office, and he motions for me to come in. And I go, okay. So I walk in, and I said, did I do something wrong? He said, just got a call from that customer. They showed the photograph of the first print that I had sent them after we'd almost printed the entire 
fronts of all that of the 210 shirts showed it to their director and the director said that's fine let's go <laughs> tell them it's okay we'll do it <laughs> so so she called us back and said you know what we'll take them don't worry about it so now we got a whole bunch of shirts that came in that we're gonna have to send back but at least we're not gonna eat the cost that we were looking at eating so the printer finished up the run and and this time she said now and when you do the back prints I want to see the first print absolutely sent her a picture of the first print uh, I sent it to her uh, the printer the printer had done a first print uh, on it on a not one of their shirts on a different shirts a similar color so uh, so he he did that and uh, I sent the, it's toward the end of the day I sent it over to her and you know saying you know what do you think I didn't hear anything the next day next morning printer's wondering well what's what's going on I said I don't know I give it I gave it to like 1030 and I sent another email I said did you uh, see it oh well uh, we'll be we're gonna take a look at it and uh, t discuss it uh, we'll be back to you by noon all right okay fine well noon happens noon 30 happens I don't hear anything and so I, I get back to them and they said could you send it maybe a more natural lighting you know it's a picture of it and because that purple looks a little and I said it's the same ink colors as on the front which is right it's the same four colors black a black well black black is black uh, a purple an orange and a yellow it's the same colors and she's but if you really want to see it come on can you come on down and take a look well, she finally got back and said, "Well, oh, I, I sent the image to the uh, uh, to the you know uh, to the uh, designer and the director, and they both said it's fine. Let's go." That was like 1.30. so we lost all that time. Yeah. You know, now the printer was able to print something else, but I, I told him, "I says, you know, we've got the screens on the press. We want to roll. We want to get this going. You you want them by a certain date. We want to have them done." So they're all done, and it worked out. But I did learn a lesson. Get, <laughs> get that that print approval. Have the write up. Look at it and make sure that you follow through on everything that's written on there. Because I don't remember every aspect of every job that's running through the shop. That's why we write up, do a write up, and put all the information on there. So I don't have to remember it. I can look at the write up and say, ah, all the information's on there. <sighs> well, what are you going to do? At least it, it worked out. So, uh, I think I'll take my break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. It's my first break. I will take two. That's not, I just want to make sure you're aware of that. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll return at this this uh, this break right now. Ooh, 
Oh, Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. If this station is not your cup of tea, then drink coffee! 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 Drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. But you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I must apologize. Uh, the the volume level of the uh, of the pre-recorded aspects of this show was down a little bit. I fixed that. So hopefully I, I must have come in pretty loud <laughs> when, the show, when I'm actually at about the same volume that I normally am. It's just that the other stuff was a little low. I, saw, I spotted it, fixed it. Hopefully the rest of the show won't uh, be horrible for you. I mean, content-wise, who can say? But at least volume-wise. All right, last week I I did some atheist talk. I don't do a ton of atheist talk on the show. I do a fair amount, uh, yes, uh, but I'm going to do some more. (laughs) Just because, uh, just because. Some things happened that I wanted to bring up. Now, it's the baseball postseason. I will connect these. Don't worry. It's the baseball postseason, and uh, it, the Ameri- it's the championship or the league championship series is, is time. Uh, there's the you know the National League and the American League are having their you know the top two teams that have made it this far are battling each other to see who goes to face the other team you know the you know the two leagues you know to see who faces whom in the uh, World Series. All right, so in the American League, we have. The hated Yankees playing the Houston Astros. I don't know who to root for. <laughs> it's the hated Yankees. How can you root for them? How? It's their, you know, it's the hated Yankees. You, you, I always want them to lose in the postseason if they make the postseason. Remember, I've said that they should go another 80 years, 90 years, never winning a World Series, maybe getting close on many occasions, but never winning one, so that their fans can feel the pain. 
A team that has 27 World Series championships, far outstripping any other team. The next closest team has something like 12 or 14 or something like that that sets the St. Louis Cardinals. They can go without winning one for a while, and they have. And so has the so have the Yankees, as a, as a matter of fact. But still, the Yankee fans need to know the pain. They need to know the pain of Red Sox fans for 86 years. They need to know the pain of, was it 84 years? They need to know the pain of the Chicago Cubs fans for 100 and some years. They need to know the pain. So that they lose this, this, this expectation that the Yankees are in the postseason. Well, just give them the trophy. What's the point in going through all this? Because you know, they have to lose that. They have to. They have to. And and as I said, it's been a while since the since the Yankees have won a World Series, but not long enough, and not as long as it's been for my beloved Twins, which has been since 1991. Anyway, and then the Houston Astros, well, they cheated and. In, in, in the year that they won the World Series. They, they were cheating. It was found that they, they had a video camera or something out uh, in, at home games. They would have a camera set up that would, that would key in on the catcher and watch the catcher giving the signals to the pitcher. And then they had a system where they would tell, you know, what kind of a pitch was coming in. Uh, and it, it was just it real simplified. And somebody would bang on a, on a trash can, make a little thump, and the catch, the hitter would hear that and know that uh, a changeup was coming or something like that. You know, he just he would know what to expect, and then he would adjust his hitting accordingly, and that helped them win some games. Now, whether they did this in the World Series when they beat the, uh, I think it was the Los Angeles Dodgers that year, whether they did that, in, I don't, I don't know. But the, it was a cheating scandal. Some people lost their jobs, but the players. I don't think any players lost their jobs over this. They're still they're still doing. I mean, it's one thing if you figure out what a what a pitcher is doing, where he's maybe giving away his pitch. It's one thing if you're observing the game and you're you're paying attention and you see that every time you know just before the pitcher throws a a, a fastball or a curveball, he does a little shoulder twitch. And when you you know you notice that oh there's that shoulder twitch, a curveball's coming. That's one thing. And that's gamesmanship. That's just how you play the game. But when you're setting something up to actually cheat, that's just that's just wrong. So, I you know, you know the bloom. I was I was happy that Houston was doing well that season, but when I found out about the cheating stuff, now it's like, okay, so do you root for the hated Yankees or do you root for the cheaters? I'm sure the Houston Astros aren't cheating now because they're being looked at, but. You know, it's just uh. so. Who do you root for? I don't know. But here's the weird thing that's been happening during this postseason. Uh, uh, I think uh, you know, some of the games are on TBS. That's one of those cable channels. And in the ad breaks, uh, I, I've been seeing frequently this ad for the Ark Encounter attraction in Kentucky. You know what that is, right? A bunch of young Earth creationists with the Answers in Genesis people all decided to, you know, we should we should build, you know, uh, 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 an exact size replica of the Ark from the Bible, and and show people how it was possible that what seven or eight people wrangled 
all you know a pair of all the animals on the world, on the planet, and and outlasted a flood that lasted for a year on this rickety wooden boat, somehow keeping the lions from eating the gazelles. How did they? How you know? How did they get the kangaroos there? How did how did the kangaroos show up? How did the pandas get there? How did the American bison get there? I mean, people. I mean, it's weird that they're advertising this thing. I mean, it's sad that there are actual people, adult people, who believe the Ark story. And I, and and there are those who don't don't believe a but no pun intended watered down version of the 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 flood story you know so they, oh well maybe there was a great big part of the world that was flooded and something like this but no 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 there are people that believe that the entire planet was covered with water for a year i mean you look at the story noah according to the bible was 500 years old when he started building the ark and it took 100 years to build it. There are adults who believe this story. What? Huh? How? And some of them are serving in our government. <laughs> and maybe even on our Supreme Court. I don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure. But... I don't know how much money. I mean, and people go to this thing and they see dinosaurs inside the ark because the dinosaur. But the dinosaurs were all, you know, the non-avian dinosaurs. They were all extinct long before an ark would have been made up. The story would have been made up. They were gone long before there were even humans around to make up the gods and the stories and all that shit. There are adult people who believe this story. I, it boggles the mind. It, I mean, right, you shouldn't have to go any farther than Mo, Noah was 500 years old when he started building the ark. Really. And it took 100 years to do it. Really. You 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 believe that? And if they pull back and say, "Well, yeah," and, oh wait a minute, isn't the isn't the Bible the literal word of God? It's just you you know what makes sense. Do you know Do you know what you what what doesn't boggle my mind when thinking about these stories that are in the Bible? They were written by men who didn't know shit. And we're making it up. They were just writing down the stories that have been passed down from generation to generation to generation by people who were afraid of the dark. By people who didn't know what the hell was going on. So they had to try to explain stuff so they wouldn't have so much fear in their lives. And there must be some evolutionary purpose, purpose for feeling spiritual and for, feeling, for needing religion. There must be, I guess, because we have it in us. But, but that's, uh, that doesn't boggle my mind that it was written by a bunch of people who didn't know any better. Oh, okay. They were making it all up. They didn't know China existed. 
I know I use that all the time. Didn't know Australia was there. Didn't know the Americas were there. The whole world was flooded. Oh, maybe there's some vague language that can be pointed to that would say, well, that's where they're indicating that they did know that the Americas were there. Really? Because it's not saying specifically the Americas are there, or there's a land over here that's... It, 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 it's just this kind of maybe could be interpreted as that. I want specifics. Throw that in the Bible. Have that show up in a Dead Sea Scroll where it says something that's very specific that there's no way the people who were writing all these stories could have known it. And be very specific. Not some kind of Nostradamus bullshit, you know, quatrain, very vague, so it can be interpreted hundreds of different ways over the century since he wrote the shit. I want it to be specific. You know. Whatever. Give us the theory of relativity. The general theory of relativity, the, the, the other one, the, the special relativity, whatever it is, give us the theory of relativity right there in the Bible. Clear, cut, unambiguous, there it is, written in a Dead Sea Scroll, found somewhere, said, hey, look, here it is, it's authenticated, not faked, not phony in any way, there's no way to get around it, it's real, it's talked about, then, hey, there's a God, because God surely, surely would know about the theory of relativity. Anyway, <laughs> that's what I get from watching an ad with this. It's computer generated. It's got four giraffes talking about, oh, that was such a great time. It's a giraffe family that visited the ark. Okay. And, and they're saying, oh, that was great. We'll have to come back again. Oh, and we'll have to bring some of our friends to indoctrinate them into this nonsense. Where's my time schedule? <laughs> So I was at a party last Saturday. I know. I went to a party. It, 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 I've been invited to it every year. It's a, a, a fellow that I went to uh, junior high and high school with. Really good guy. Um, uh, knows my dad. <laughs> uh, anyway, so each year uh, in October, they have a, he has an Oktoberfest party thing. It's, a very, it's very German. Uh, and the good parts of German. You know, there's no goose stepping or you know, there's no pictures of Hitler or anything like that. No talk about how we're the master race or anything. It's just, you know, it's a good gathering with, with sausages and brats and, and, and beer and all that. That's what it is. And, and some German stuff. Some Lederhosen, some St. Pauli girl outfits. You know, it's a German thing. And they do this little, their version of like the 12 Days of Christmas type song where it has all these steps where it's like, and repeated lines and they, they, they have, a, they have a, a, a board with all these drawings on it, you know, 12 different drawings and they, they have a guy with a pointer and so everybody's kind of singing the song and it's, it's you know, you know and, and, so, and there's an old dude with an accordion, right? And each year, my, this friend from high school uh, would say, you know, it would put out the, the invite, not necessarily specifically to me, but he'd make sure that I'd get it. And each year, I don't go. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't go. Well, this year, my friend John, uh, my friend John, back to uh, back to junior high as well, and and you know, and he and I, I enjoy his company. We don't hang out as nearly as much as we used to, uh, and and that's kind of a shame. But you know, we got lives, we got things going on. But uh, he 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 texts me and says, "Are you going to so and so's thing?" And I said, I'm "Planning on it." And he said, "Oh, come on, you got to go." And he said, "Come on, it's not that far. It's not that big of a commitment." I said, "I don't know." 
<laughs> I got stuff going on on Saturdays. I had to hurry my ass home to get this show that I do posted in time for the 11 o'clock airtime uh, central uh, that night so that my listener could listen to the show. Hi, Tricia. While, you know, for the week on Z Talk Radio. You know, other listeners, other listener waits until uh, my show uh, shows up in the in the feed on wherever they get their podcasts. But, so I, I raced, you know, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. Well, anyway, we were talking about, we got, he and I were talking about this stuff. I mean, I ended up, you know, I said, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come down. And, uh, and, and so I did. And, and the person who has the party was happy to see me. Hey, I'm glad you're here. And then some other people who hadn't seen me for a while say, Hey, that's cool. You know, high school people. That's cool. Hey. And there's this one, uh, woman comes in in our class and, and she, uh, uh, in our graduating class from high school, um, she lived down the block from me since uh, since my family moved into the house that my dad currently lives in, still lives in, uh, in 1973. And so I've known her and her sister for you know, all those years. And I went to school with them. And so she, we're talking about, you know, losing parents. And, you know, John's lost both, both of his parents. She's lost her, her dad. Uh, I've lost my mom. And we're just talking about how that goes. And I don't know why I brought it up or said it, it's, you know, because started to head toward a religious kind of thing. And I said, well, I'm an atheist, so I don't, you know. You know. And and the, and the woman that we were talking to said, oh, well, you know, I just, you know, I just do it. I, I believe in comfort. And I said, hey, that's okay. You know, it's, I'm not I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to, to get you off the team, uh, that team, and onto my team. I'm not trying. You know, that's it's fine. It's fine. And then my friend John says, "Well, you're you're not an atheist. You're you're an agnostic. You can't say that. You can't know there isn't a god." I said, "Well, I know there isn't. I, I know I can't. I, I I know that I don't know there isn't a god. I just don't believe one. And that's what an atheist is. An atheist is someone who doesn't believe in any deities. That's it. Atheism, without religion." I'm I'm without I'm without the belief in in this stuff. Okay, I don't know that there isn't a God, but that doesn't. I mean, there's not a God. <laughs> Come on, seriously, really? There are people, adult people, who believe this stuff, and I, and I wish I would have thought of it at the time to just look at him and say, you know, are you agnostic about Zeus? No, you don't believe in Zeus, do you? Why would you be agnostic about it? But again, there's Gnosticism, which means sure that you're sure that you know, and there's agnosticism, which is not sure that you know. You know, I don't know. Uh, that's it. So you can be a Gnostic Christian or a Gnostic atheist and claim that you know that there is a God or there isn't a God and that you believe there's a God and you don't believe there's a God. You can do that, or you can be an agnostic Christian and an agnostic atheist and say, I I, you know, the Christian ones say, I believe there's a God, but I don't know that there is. And the atheist could say, I don't believe there's a God, but I don't know that there isn't. And that's where I'm at. I'm, I don't know that there isn't, but come on. <laughs> come on. I wish I would have thought of that. I didn't. And it probably is fine because, you know, who wants to do that? It's a party, you know? And I, you know, and if, and if I had got pushed too far on that, then maybe John would have said, you know, maybe you should have stayed home. Anyway, I'm going to my next break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio. Oh, this is a. Uh, hang on a second. I gotta. I gotta do something here. There's too much stuff in this this break. <laughs> Set up. I had to take something out of it. Okay, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'll be back after this break. 
You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Okay, I have something here. It's it's an EVP. I'm telling you, it's really something. Um, I need to call it up. I gotta tell you, this is uh, really shaking me. I need to play it for you. And, uh, well, I won't, uh, I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're gonna hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I, I I think that was clear as day. I heard, well, I don't understand it, but it's I heard bread trout, clear as day. Ooh, creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh! Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I'm in a very precarious position here, a little worrisome. As I have noted, uh, I'm in the basement at uh, Nostalgia Zone, and uh, I'm surrounded by long boxes of, of comic books. And... I've, there's a little bit of a hall that I can walk through to get to here, uh, but I've got um, uh, I've got a, a Dr Pepper Zero just to my right here, set up on a, on a on a box of comic books, kind of tucked away, and I take a sip of it when I when I go to break, but um, uh, or during break I take a sip of it, and then I, I try to I put the cap back on, and um, the cap fell onto the floor, so now I've got this open bottle of uh, Dr Pepper Zero sitting. Uh, next to me, and I, I feel like it's it's bound to fall over. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, just you know, it's not exactly a, sto- a sword of Damocles, but it's kind of like that. So, hopefully, I, I won't uh, I won't uh, uh, topple this thing. Uh, I'll I'll keep the gesticulating uh, uh, down to a minimum if I if I can. But uh, yeah, there's the cap there. I I, I don't want to go grab it because it's just gonna make too much noise and yeah so so if there's a little tension in the air in this last segment well that's that's what's going on okay all right you know i mean it's not exactly hitchcockian but you know there's an open bottle of of nearly full it's like 
it's more than half full anyway of uh, Dr. Pepper Zero just hanging over my shoulder so okay alright <clears throat> I have a cool thing now this comes from uh, I heard about this from uh, the Geologic Podcast. I, like, their podcast from... Uh, well, it's hosted by George Robb. So his his show from... wasn't the most recent one. I think it was the one just before it. And he does this segment called um, Tell Me Something Good. Because, you know, there's lots of crap going on in the world. Lots of you know, terrible things. I mean, the Republicans are going to take over uh, uh, Congress and the Senate. And then, you know, we're all going... And they're going to have put a hit out on all Democrats and people who vote blue. Right? That's what they're going to do. Right? Isn't that... There are adult people... <laughs> Who believe this? No. Anyway, <clears throat> that was a callback. So, um, uh, anyway, he had this this bit on there that was a, a tell me something good, and I thought that's really good. I'm going to tell my audience, I'm going to tell my listener that um, uh, this this really cool thing in my cool thing segment. Whatever. I, I try to do a cool thing each week, you know. So here's it. Here it is. Uh, there's a town. In Babcock Ranch, it's called. That's what's called Babcock Ranch, and it's in Florida. It's about what is it? Twelve miles northeast of Fort Myers. Now you know what happened just recently in Florida, and it and how heavily Fort Myers was affected by what happened just recently. It was a weather event. It was a hurricane. I don't know if it's Category Five. If if uh, Hurricane Ian was a ca category five or pretty close to it, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but let's just call it a five. What do we? You know, why not? Let's see. Let's give them the upgrade. Uh, Two point six million people were without electricity after this. There was lots of flooding, lots of damage, lots of you know, it was it was nasty. And this is the thing that climate scientists are telling us and have been telling us for a long time. We're you know we may not get uh, it, 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 we may not get more hurricanes, but we're going to get more intense hurricanes because of climate change. Because uh, the, the atmosphere is more juiced with heat, and, and that, that apparently leads to more powerful hurricanes. So they may not happen more often. That's just You're just going to get bigger ones more often, more regularly. Okay. Well, this little town, it's about 2,000 people live there, this town, it's, I'm not sure when they decided to build this way, but they decided to be what they call, uh, let's see, I wrote it down, America's first solar-powered town. They decide, they have something like 200,000 solar panels that uh, provide power for the 2,000 residents. Some of these residents have their own panels that they've installed as sort of a backup for them. And, and and they've also done other things to help uh, uh, weatherproof the town. Um, it was it, it, the power lines and internet lines, you know, the broadband stuff or whatever, the, all the cables are underground. They're not hanging in the air. They're not suspended on poles. They're underground. So in an area where you get hurricanes high winds, you're not so worried about a tree falling over and knocking down a power line or a power line just falling over on its own. You're not so worried about it because they're underground. And I'm sure they're strategically placed so the uprooting of trees doesn't damage the power lines. So you have that going. 
And they also have designed it so that the streets, that the that the the excess water that comes down from the rains and all that shit, pours into the streets rather into, than into houses, and it filters out through through the through the, through the landscape in a way that you know minimizes the damage to the residents. So, um, so Hurricane Ian comes through, and it's. It's rough, but not one person in Babcock Ranch lost power. Not for a second. They had power throughout the storm. They had power after the storm. Everybody was fine. Uh, some trees came down. Some shingles were you know, blown off of some roofs. But other than that, there wasn't anything majorly, disasterly about the, the weather event. This is this is a great uh, uh, proof of concept, I suppose, that this can be done. That you know, relying on uh, getting power through suspended power lines may not be the way we want to continue going. Uh, and here we here we see see how that that works. See how putting the power lines under the ground kept these people from losing power. I mean, can you, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, we had a power outage, the 17 hour power outage, you know, wouldn't have happened, not likely to have happened, uh, should, uh, the, you know, this neighborhood in St. that we live in St. Paul been designed from the beginning with that in mind. Well, it's going to take a lot of infrastructure change to make this kind of a change throughout the country, and that's part of the reason why. Hey, we've got a president and a and a con, you know and a and a legislature that's actually passed an infrastructure bill, huh? You know, we had four years of a predecessor of our current, you know, of Uncle Joe, or let's call him Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe, you know, he, he's we've had four years of hey, we're going to get that infrastructure bill to you. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Two, three weeks. Uh, two, three weeks. Two, three weeks. For four years. Didn't get shit from them, did we? Now we've got an infrastructure bill. It's not perfect. It's going to have to solve everything. But we're in the right direction, aren't we? Aren't we? Anyway. This is cool. This is cool. This is science working with engineering, with design, and, and forward thinking. This isn't short-term thinking, horse and buggy thinking. The people that are oh, so adamantly against electric vehicles are not, they're only thinking short-term. When they say, we need, when, when, when we all agree, both sides of an issue of, uh, you know, the issue of uh, uh, energy independence, they both agree that we should have energy independence here in America. We should be self-reliant on our own energy production and not on that of foreign countries that who could raise the price, cut production at a whim. We shouldn't be subject to them. We can all agree on that. But the short-term thinkers all say, we just need to drill more and have more pipelines. And the long-term thinkers say, we need to get off all that stuff and start using stuff that's, you know, that we can get. And me, I say, put the nuclear power in there. That's in there too, along with solar, wind, geothermal, hydroelectric, along with all that shit, all that stuff. That's what we need. 
You know, so the long-term thinkers are thinking, we need to just get off this fossil fuel stuff. And the short-term thinkers you know, are saying, we need to drill more. You know, the hell with my grandkids. <laughs> Won't bother me. You've got to be long-term thinking. <sighs> I've only got like a minute. <laughs> Maybe a little more. Uh, I, I, I talked a couple weeks ago about, um, uh, on the Disney Plus, they put out a, uh, uh, a Werewolf by Night special. I called it a movie then. It's a special. It lasted, you know, it's less than an hour. It's 55 minutes, and if you lop off the 10 minutes of credits at the end, that's like a 45-minute show. And it moves along nice and briskly. Kind of starts a little, huh, what's, you know, hmm, do we have it all? Is it, what's going on here? Who are these characters? It doesn't really dig deep into the character development, not necessarily, but it, it gives you enough to enjoy what's going on. Because then it picks up. There's a there's a, a wonderful appearance of a, of a character that's not expected to show up. I didn't expect to show up, and when it does, oh, that's cool. And I don't mean the werewolf. I expect the werewolf to be there, but there's this other one that shows up. That was cool. Uh, the cinematography was great. Black and white always looks great. The little bit of the, the red uh, uh, for the bloodstone, the talisman thing. Boy, I hope I didn't talk about this last week. Did I? I might have. I don't think I got to it because uh, uh, according to my notes, I didn't get to it. <laughs> That's what it says right here. So anyway, but I know I talked about it on the Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules, which is a podcast by my friend uh, Douglas Arthur. Uh, three quarters of the Gooch Squad. I'm a member of the Gooch Squad, and it's Gooch, G-O-O-C-H, which stands for guests, uh, uh, guests of a no, wait a minute, group of occasional guest hosts or co-hosts. Group, <laughs> what is it? Group of occasional co-hosts. Uh, Gooch, right? Okay, so uh, three of the four of us of the Gooch Squad, we got together with Douglas, and we talked about uh, the Werewolf by Night special. We and we talked about other werewolf movies and werewolf things tv some tv show stuff and comic the comic book of course um and we you know it was it's good i'll link to it so you can listen to our our little talk it just comes in in under two hours um but the movie i thought uh you know it, the cinematography is just great and it even brings in the little thing called the cigarette burn because it was trying to capture the feel of the 1930s and 40s horror films the title card werewolf by night looks like a title card from 1930s, 1940s era films. Uh, it's black and white, as I said, with the, the, the this, this red bloodstone, which is uh, it's called the bloodstone. It's it's a it's a talisman type thing. It makes the monster hunter even greater as a monster hunter, and it's a gathering of monster hunters to go after this particular monster uh, to be able to get the bloodstone because the guy who had owned the bloodstone uh, had died, and it's it's the people have to uh, earn the ownership of the bloodstone it was supposed to be handed down to his daughter who was also along for to to hunt for it but she kind of fell out with the father but she's brought in anyway to to see if she can earn the bloodstone so and then and then the guy who's the werewolf jack russell you know, he's the guy who's the werewolf and and that was the thing i didn't know jack russell was a joke was a joke name that 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 marvel comics was saying snicker 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 because you know jack russell there's a dog breed called the jack russell terrier I didn't know that, so for many many years, I was on. I was. I didn't catch the joke. Just that was the guy's name, Jack Russell. And then my wife told me about Jack Russell Terriers, and I said, "Hey, wait a minute." <laughs> anyway, I you know I can't I can't blame my slowness on that one. 
me being slow on the pickup on that because I just didn't know there were Jack Russell Terriers. But until I found out there was, then I made the connection. It looks great. They do some wonderful stuff that picks up on the artwork from those early Werewolf by Night comic books uh, by the artist Mike Plug. They pick up on some of the stuff like the the uh, the transformation scenes and the more violent scenes tend to take place in shadow or in silhouette, so it, which is something that was done in the comic books. You know, there'd be attack scenes where you just see silhouette of it. You don't see details, or you'd see a shadow kind of of it of things happening because you, you didn't want to be too you know graphic in the comic books and you know, otherwise you wouldn't get the comics code approval so you know anyway it's 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 pretty cool uh i enjoy the film uh there's a comic book creator named uh, uh graham nolan who's a really excellent artist uh he's a facebook friend i mean we're not real friends or anything but he's you know i'm friended him on facebook and i see some of his posts and he posted that he didn't particularly care for it he thought it was the character development was bad the plot was thin or something like he just didn't really care for it and uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, and he's a comic book creator. I guess he'd know, but it's art, and and yeah, you know, yeah. There's you like what you like. It's uh, there's no wrong answer. So, what are you gonna do? I liked it. Uh, you check it out. You might like it too. Good night, Frau Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. And that's the end of another Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Uh, I certainly hope I didn't review that uh, Werewolf by Night last week. <laughs> I don't think I did. <laughs> but if I did, you got to repeat. Anyway, so be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, this is your host, Jim, Dr. Jeffrey Simmons on Z-Talk Radio Network, whatever we're doing Dimland Radio. Remind you all to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going, going to hell. hell. hell.